Hello, friends, and welcome to DBC Conversations. This is a podcast designed to help you go deeper and help you understand what it looks like to follow Jesus in our day. Each week, we'll discuss the messages taught at DBC and how we can grow together as the body of Christ. My name is AJ, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Chad Zook, and we're your host for this conversation. Welcome back, my friend. It has been six months. Six interesting months. Yeah, it's so crazy to think that that it was six months ago when we were talking earlier about this, that it has been six months. There have been some uh, significant things that have changed in our lives. What's happened in yours in the last six yeah, months so or so? Our baby was born uh, six months ago yesterday, mm-hmm. which is insane. She's like the cutest, most adorable baby mm-hmm. ever. So she's a dream come true. Um, yesterday was six months, and just to think about how much she's grown is mind-blowing. Rolling over. Yeah, last night. Yep. Yeah. Rolling over, talking, you know, babbling, just it's amazing. doing baby stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> every <laughs> day is a really, surprise. Yeah, every day is, but she is honestly such a, a great baby. Yeah. We're just so excited to have her in our lives. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, since... Uh, the last six months, Marla and I went on our cruise. We had our 25th wedding anniversary, and so we went on a week-long cruise, just Marla and I, and it was fantastic. Much deserved. It was, and it was a great rest. It was actually one of the few times I can say that I have pulled away that I got to rest the whole way through. That's awesome. As we talk about being in rhythm and God's natural rhythm for us and, and just remembering the Sabbath. I, I, I just couldn't help but think of even times in my life where I didn't know how to rest. Hmm. And even the, the cruise, it creates a really good example because I was able to disconnect from all the cares and worries and anxiety and everything that we do here and, and even family locally to be able to be fully present every moment while we were on the cruise and then coming back and uh, and looking forward to coming back and yeah. it was just fantastic. Yeah. That always hasn't been the story with me. Sure. And uh, and I believe that uh, maybe I'll get to a little bit of what that looks like later on in the conversation, but being in rhythm is what we've said starting yesterday is is the faith to hit pause in a world that never stops. And right. just want to give a shout out to Adam Mabry for that tagline yeah, from his really book The Art of Rest. So if you're out there somewhere in podcast land, thank you. Yep. It's a really good quote. Yeah, yesterday, so we kicked off this new series called In Rhythm, and I think it's a really timely uh, series, and uh, it'll be four weeks long. Um, So if you haven't listened to the sermon before this, just pause this, go back and listen to it so you have some context, and then come back and listen to this conversation. Our hope is that these conversations, just like last season, would be an additional help for you all, um, just going deeper. And as we dig in talking about rest, uh, this week we're really going to be talking about what it looks like to stop. Mm-hmm. So give me some, you're the one that put the message together, you taught it mm-hmm. yesterday, give me some insight on what you were thinking about as far as our church, when you think about how, what it looks like to stop in today's culture. Um, what it looks like to stop looks intimidating okay. <laughs> in yeah. our culture, to be honest I agree. With you. Uh, it looks like something that we absolutely need to do, and yet um, if I think about uh, the life of our church, uh, predominantly, we have a huge number percentage-wise of people who serve and who are either active in the church or active in the community or their family is just busy, right. whether it's a family-owned business or whatever the case may be. There's a lot 
of business. There's a lot of tugs for productivity. Sure. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to what God is going to do as we embrace what Sabbath is and remembering that ultimately the Sabbath is a container that we choose to fill with better things. Sure. And in it is going to be stopping. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be hard, but it's it's great. And then rest, and then delighting in God, and then contemplating sure. God. And you think all those make a complete Sabbath, correct? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Which which is why I had a great conversation last night, actually. And somebody asked me, they said, oh, hey, you just you brought up so many things about Sabbath, and I have so many questions to ask you. And, and she was just revved up and about ready to ask me these questions. And uh, and she said, but do you think I should listen to the rest of the series before I just bring all my questions? I said, that was the advice I was going to give you anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just That's listen good. to the whole thing. It's so new. Sure. And yet we need it. We need it as uh, because we are highly busy, productive, mm-hmm. unrested people. Right. And for us to, to claim what God has for us, we need to embrace Sabbath is a container that we fill with better things. Right. And I was even thinking about yesterday as you were teaching, and you and I have had many conversations on Sabbath and what it looks like, and even the struggles we've had in our own personal lives, uh, trying to practice this, trying to put it in place, um, but yet it still seems unattainable at times. It still seems like a struggle. And we know we need it, um, but actually figuring out, all right, what does this look like? And age and stage and all of that, it matters. Like we Absolutely. just had a, a six, we have a six month old. So it looks, Sabbath for me looks very different than it'll look for you. Absolutely. Your children are, are basically grown. You have one in high school and then one yep. in basic training. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I think it's a, a really important message that everyone needs to hear because we have to come to this understanding that everyone needs it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not for, okay, well, just for retired people or mm-hmm. for people that are working a lot. Like, it's for it's a gift mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, and I thought about something you said yesterday. Correct me if I get the quote wrong, but you said, America hasn't always been anti-God, but it has always been anti-Sabbath. Yeah. And so that um, was kind of a shift in my thinking of, of, you're right, like, it hasn't always been anti-God and anti-Christian or even anti-in their ethics, but... As far as resting and slowing down, that is not um, that's not rewarded mm-hmm. in society. Right. We encourage people to work more, and um, you know we think about we've talked about the quote before. I think it may have been AJ Swoboda that said it about if he he's a pastor in Portland. Mm-hmm. If he broke any of the Ten Commandments, he'd probably get fired. Like if he, um, you know, had steal from yeah, work, anything, or, any of the Ten Commandments yeah. except for Sabbath, he would get a raise. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just core to to where we are, our context here, and obviously for uh, his, he really sees that as the context that he's doing ministry out of too. Sure. Is, uh, but our, our community here is, is largely middle class, and this started at, uh, before our country was even fully formed, before the Declaration of Independence and everything else, there was such a promise in our country uh, and a lot of that was birthed through the Industrial Revolution. And that it, the, the promise was that you could strive to do more, to be more, to pursue more, and that you don't have to be stuck in your current situation. But it was this, this built-in idea that there's something better out there. You just have to go get it. Sure. And, uh, and of course, the Industrial Revolution brought a lot of great things. Uh, right. Electricity. You sure. know, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's, it's helpful. Yeah. And yet, uh, 
has created a machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the machine is this, I guess, in some ways fed the desires that we have mm-hmm. to just do more and be more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Industrial Revolution, when it hit, middle class rose, uh, of course, with it brought all the, the factory work and, and all of those things that have been we tried to fix over the years. And but it was just fed and it fed this idea that I can just dream bigger and bigger and work harder and work longer. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, this is what I posed yesterday and, and I do today. It was rooted in this idea that if I produce more, then I can gain more pleasure. Right. That pleasure ultimately becomes the thing that we worship. Hmm. So, and then consequently, sometimes we worship work too. I right. talked about it that a little bit yesterday. Right, right. You know, I was looking just for some statistics that I, we maybe could talk about um, on why we're not really practicing Sabbath right mm-hmm. now. Like, what are some of the things that are are really stopping us from embracing this practice. So I did a little study on uh, caffeine, and this this was one that just stuck out to me. The introduction of Starbucks in 1995 created a 700% increase in coffee consumption wow. between 1995 to 2000. Wow. 700%. I mean, uh, that's mind-blowing to me. Number one, it's a, I mean, their business model is great, I guess, but at the same time, yeah. it, just that increase in coffee consumption. And then I found the statistic that wow. gave reasons on why people drink coffee. So mm-hmm. I like the taste, or maybe they drink coffee for pleasure, or it makes them happy, or to relax. Mm-hmm. But 58%, so more than half of people said they drink coffee to wake up. And I think that that speaks a little deeper than, well, I just drink it in the morning because it's my routine, but mm-hmm. it's because we don't rest enough. So when it's time to wake up, like we need something that's we're just mm-hmm. we're not catching up on rest. It seems like we're just trying to book in our night where we we press in on one side, we stay up too late, and then we we don't get the rest that we need, and then that compounds. And if we don't have Sabbath, then there's no there's no way to catch up. I mean, I, I, there's a, Sabbath is great. It's a great thing to look forward to, but sure. also it gives you more energy and life when you come out of it. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. So it's it's beneficial in both ways. It, it's again, it, it just heightens the expectation. Man, we get to Sabbath, we get to have this time of delighting. But then when you come out of it, you feel refreshed and the less of a need to caffeinate, yeah, yep. or to medicate, right, to right. to push on. Yeah, and another just this is just a fun statistic for you all. Uh, this one was really mind-blowing to me. In 2015, they found that toddlers as young as one year of age were already drinking coffee. Wow. Start them young. Good <laughs> grief. It just blew my mind. And so uh, it says that 2.5% of one-year-olds were consuming coffee. 15% of two-year-olds were consuming coffee. And when I say consuming, that's about four ounces of caffeine a day, um, which is just... My I don't know. I, I think when we start doing that with toddlers and and you know kids, it's just starting them on the wrong the wrong trajectory. Not against coffee by any means, but yeah. maybe for a one year old or two. So you're saying that Izzy's like not going to be on the coffee train like not, soon? Not for now. You okay. Know, well, <laughs> wait until she's a toddler. Apparently, as yeah. as the statistics says. And I just think it instills in them this this mindset that um, and depending not we're not against coffee here um, mm. or caffeine for that matter, but. It's why you're doing it, and if if your kids constantly see you worn out, and I just need my coffee today, like I can't mm-hmm. can't function without coffee, like it's a dangerous, it's just a dangerous mindset to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what would be a better mindset is actually teaching them that 
coffee is not what actually gives us energy, but when we rest well, then we can actually be productive mm-hmm. and actually have whole lives, you know? Absolutely. Another thing that I looked up was just about anxiety and medication. Right now, we live in a society where medication um, for anxiety and depression and those types of medications are extremely popular. It says it's affecting more than 40 million adults mm-hmm. in the United States. That's 18 and older, um, which to me says we have a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, 40 million adults. That's somebody who's not not living wholeness. They're not living a whole life mm-hmm. because they're constantly worried. They're, they're living in fear, um, worried about work, worried about you know the, the agenda to do on the week. Like It's all these things that are just mm-hmm. compiling because we're not learning how to rest well. And I can say this just from personal experience. Um, sadly, I don't know, it was probably seven years ago, um, we had we had been given this great opportunity from some folks who who love us and they used to be connected to the church. They actually they moved to their vacation condo, and uh, we actually the invitation they gave us was in the same condo it was in Paula's Island, South Carolina. It's a beautiful place. They had um, they had asked us, hey, uh, we're going to be out of town for like I think it was three weeks, and they were going to be out west at a wedding or something and they said you guys can go to our condo like just ask us you can go to our condo and just kind of be there for as much of that time as you need Hmm. and that would seem like a wonderful invitation sure and uh and for one i i didn't even feel like i could go period okay like i just felt like like i was missing something here like i couldn't let let the church and all that was going on i couldn't let it down long enough right right but then uh after marla had you know, talked me through it, and she she'd helped me. She says, "You need this more than what you think you do." Hmm. I literally, I did not rest until I was there, probably at least three days. I mean, I was still on pins and needles. I still had the anxiety. I still had the worry and the care and concern, and it was I was so caught in the trap of of busyness, yeah, and b- being productive that I literally had to just kind of unravel. Right, all of that, just so I could sit and enjoy those three days. And I, in gut level honesty, I had no measure of Sabbath. Hmm. I was not resting. I was working seven yeah. days a week. I had for a couple of years. It was just it was nonstop, and I was so caught up in what I thought that I had to do, and I was missing the 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 better parts of life of being sure being full and, and whole. Yeah, is what promise. Or excuse me. That's what the Sabbath promises: is us a day set apart that's holy, but also that we gain wholeness. Right. That where we can rest and we can delight. Yeah. And uh, and we can find delight in the Lord, and we can find thing find joy in the things that delight us. Right. And I think I've when I think about Sabbath and what that means, like a lot of people when they hear the word, at this point, I, I feel like they think of law. Kind of legalism, absolutely. Um, you know, you're you're telling me I can't do things mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Like I have to. You even mentioned yesterday. You know, this isn't us telling you to go sit in a room and stare at a wall, right? And you know, do do something that's very spiritual. Like there's a mm-hmm. there's a delighting aspect of this. Mm-hmm. There, it's a gift. And but the first part of that gift is for us to learn to stop. Mm-hmm. For us to learn that you know the world still turns even when we when we turn off the phone, turn off the TV, yeah. we disconnect like that. It's really us letting go of this facade that we're in control. One of the things that, that uh, I didn't say this yesterday, but it was certainly on my heart to say, um, 
one of the reasons why people um, they dismiss Sabbath is because they don't really want to stop. Right. So they dismiss Sabbath and they say, no, that's legalistic. Right. And they're actually using, uh, think about this practically, using one of the Ten Commandments to say, no, I don't need to do that one. Hmm. Although we would all agree, most most of all of us would agree that the other nine should be upheld at all right. costs. And yet the one that seems convenient because we want to produce and we want to see pleasure, that's the one that we want to dismiss and say, well, don't put this on me. Because that's legalistic. Right. So people maybe even push back on Sabbath and say, oh, that's rules, that's that's legalism, you shouldn't be legalistic. I was like, it's not being legalistic. I mean, it was kind of God's idea, Exodus 20, check yeah. it out. It's like, remember the Sabbath by keeping it, by making it holy. Right. And I just, I, I'm reminded that in Scripture in Genesis, when, when God creates, like, God rested. Yeah. Like, God rested, and I've heard that said before, like, God rested, and then we say, well, we're, you know, we, we don't need that. Yeah. Like, we're not God. Absolutely. That's the, <laughs> we don't even have the the capacity, um, and yet there's this, again, it's a facade that we just can't let go. And I think it's think amazing how it just shows the, the love of God. Sure. That he just, he puts that out there, and then we're going to see in the future that Sabbath was was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Right. So Sabbath isn't to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. And yet God knew exactly, out of his loving kindness and generosity, he knew exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. He set the example at creation and tells us to remember the Sabbath in Exodus 20, and we're going to see this in a few other places. But just to think how much that God wanted that for us. Sure. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. So this isn't a matter of legalism. It's like God says, no, I've got something better for you because, after all, Sabbath is a container that we fill with better things. Yeah. yeah. And that what we, sh- what we should, maybe what I should have added on to that is that God prepared in advance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because he actually, he knows. He knows sure. what we need. Sure. So let me ask you this. We've we've talked about, all right, what is Sabbath? You gave the idea of of truly what Sabbath is yesterday and even Right now, we're, we're kind of getting into why we need it, but mm-hmm. let's kind of shift gears and talk about how do we actually start. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great idea. Yep. I love the idea. I think most people would love a day off. Like, if you were to just poll the random person and say, hey, would you love, a, you know, like, time to, to rest mm-hmm. and regain your strength? Of course, like, you'd be crazy to say, no, I actually mm-hmm. want to just continue to work. Um, so how do we start really embracing this idea of Sabbath? Well... We have to stop for some amount of time. I mean, and obviously that's the, it was not just the title of the message and what this is about, but there has to be a a time where we do stop. You have to slow down long enough and then, and then stop for a set amount of time. But I do, I want to encourage people to start, but when you start building this container, start slow. Sure. Because, again, like I, I, I talked about, if you're going 100 miles an hour and you slam on the brakes, man, you're going to get whiplash. Right. So understanding that, that most of us have no idea what Sabbath is, uh, or maybe, like, really, there's going to be so much of this that is new. Right. So you need to start slow. Don't start throwing a bunch of rules down and, oh, now we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. You really need to look at your life and start evaluating what, what is it? Am I am I overly busy? Mm-hmm. You know, and and start slow. Start start with an understanding of 
basically the the day of Sabbath is created by God as a gift for me. How can I utilize this gift? Sure. What needs to be in this container? Yeah. But again, starting slow um, is is the place that I want people to to not be discouraged before we even start because it's going to be overwhelming. Right. It is, and uh, this is again such a countercultural idea, and it's something that you know we've we've thought for a long time we don't need this, and even for me, uh, I would say. It's probably two years ago, maybe mm-hmm. three, whenever I heard the first sermon ever on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I remember having lunch with you. I think we were eating at Chick-fil-A, and, mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of going through uh, just a season of life where I was evaluating all the things that I was raised to believe and, and really thinking through, okay, how does this work in my life? And I heard this sermon on Sabbath, a brand new idea, and then I read a book that talked about Sabbath. And it was just this, it was an eye-opening experience for me because... Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember hearing anything about Sabbath growing up, and I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting and saying, what is this? Like, this sounds, first of all, it sounded awesome. And second of all, how in the world do I do it? Like, mm-hmm. how can we make this happen? And so for us, it was kind of looking at, okay, life, and what do we have going on? What's our rhythms? You know, what are the things we're involved with every week? Um, and then really evaluating, okay, what stays and what goes, you know? So it's this, um, yesterday you talked of, you know, building that container, mm-hmm. what belongs in the container. And another way we could say it is the grid, you know, yeah. you run things through this grid and the grid, right. the two questions that, that I've had to ask myself is this, is it restful mm-hmm. and is it worship? Yeah. Those are the two things. And so when you ask those questions, and I'm sure there are some other questions we could probably ask to, mm-hmm. to make that container. But when you start asking those questions and you go through, you know, your week, you can really start narrowing down what it is you're you're mm-hmm. going to participate in or you're going to actually do. Um, and I think that's a, a good way to to help people understand starting slow, mm-hmm. because the truth is this is it's kind of the same analogy as going to the gym. Like right. you go to the gym daily. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do not go to the gym daily. If I were you're to, naturally swole. Exactly. My just why would you need to? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you you know, just crazy athletic build. So <laughs> if I were to go to the gym with you today mm-hmm. and try and follow you and right. do all of your workouts, like I may be good for ten minutes. But right. I'm gonna slow down and then eventually, like tomorrow I prob I may go back. But by Wednesday or Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday, you know, it's gonna I'm just gonna trail off mm-hmm. because I didn't start slow. Yeah. So we have to pace ourselves. And I think the most important part is to give ourselves a lot of grace when it comes to Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Um, and to realize that this is not a law. This is not this is not God saying, Okay, you have to do this and this and this. Mm-hmm. It's us starting slow so we can actually learn what this means for us. I think in a in a Sabbath container, when we start slow, I believe the goal should be a twenty four hour listen to me, a twenty four hour time period to where you embrace the Sabbath. Right. 24 hours of of Sabbathing right now, people don't know what to put in the container. We, we, there, there hasn't been enough dialogue around it right. uh, and enough scriptural sure. information so they see, oh, okay, this is what could go in and asking questions. So in starting slow, understanding, I think the goal should be, and I, I think the people of Jewish faith got this right. I, yeah. The 24 hour time period is wonderful for some people starting slow and you're deciding what needs to go in that Sabbath container. Let's talk about how big this container is going to be hmm. that how, how big this container right now for you, 
I think a good place of starting slow could be two hours. Sure. If you are a highly productive, I'm just, I go flat out all the time. I'm busy. I've got people tugging here and there, and I've got commitments. Carve out two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just a day off. We're, we're going to see more of what truly is rest starting next week. But just say, start slow with two hours. And I'm just going to, I'm going to take this and I'm going to disconnect from my phone, from my computer. I'm not going to have email tugging me or texting. I'm not going to have all, I'm not going to have all those things, but I'm going to set apart two hours. And that to me is a good, healthy way to begin. Yeah. And in, in it, the Sabbath container, eventually I would love for all of us, as far as this community of faith to embrace 24 hours. Absolutely. That's going to be. That's going to seem like an insurmountable goal if we don't start slow with at least two hours, and then we go through the grid. Tell us the grid one more time. Yeah. So the grid uh, is this. There's two questions: Is it rest mm-hmm. and is it worship? All right. So just visualize this, and maybe um, I'm just going to say if you have a, a typical work schedule, you work Monday through Friday. Sure. Um, and you ask yourself the question, and you have this grid: um, Is it rest? Is it worship? Just imagine of the day that you say, or the two hours beginning, and I'm, I'm going to carve this out, as you're trying to decide what goes in that container, you've already decided maybe you're going to begin that the container is going to be a two-hour time period, hypothetically. Sure. And now you create this grid and saying, okay, is it restful and is it worship? Right. And if it passes those the test of those two things— what does that mean? If it passes the test, then Absolutely. you're good. Yeah. Okay. Then, then it's you, good to fit. Then you throw it in the Sabbath right. container, right? Yep. So, and we were going to get into this in the weeks to come as sure. far as other things to go in it, but yeah. But start slow. Right. That would be the first the first thing, and you said something yesterday that I, I think was just, it just gave like a practical mm-hmm. um, sense of this. Expect disruptions. Yeah. Like this is not going to be easy. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if any of you have ever just tried to sit any amount of time of just silence, right? you yeah. probably notice that the noise mm-hmm. <laughs> gets louder. Yeah. Even if it's silent around you, like thoughts come up Absolutely. and um, you feel like you're, you know, you're missing out on something. And uh, that's part of the culture right now is just mm-hmm. FOMO, fear of missing out. And so we have, we have to really distance ourselves from that mindset. And mm-hmm. so we, but we have to expect disruptions. I think for me, if I could encourage any of you listening, you're thinking about practicing Sabbath, it would be just preparing well. Yeah. Like if you're if you're wanting that two hour time, then you can't just wake up on a Saturday and say, Okay, at twelve o'clock, oh, I'm gonna do two hours right now. Like you have right. to actually plan for it. Right. And you talked about it yesterday. You said make a plan and follow it. Yeah. So preparing for Sabbath is one of the most helpful things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um Ashley and I have been trying to practice this faithfully for about two years. We have not done it faithfully. We've not done it every weekend. There have been times whenever life happens, or especially holidays. Ashley, she's an accountant, so right now we're gearing up for tax season. You yeah. know, I have questions on what does Sabbath look like for us, and it, and then you know with mm. a six month old, you know it, it just looks different right now. Um, so we're we're trying to make a plan, but I can tell you this: before we really had to prepare for Sabbath to come. Mm-hmm. We take our Sabbath Friday night to Saturday night because of the church on Sunday. Sunday is not a Sabbath for me. It's more of like a, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm on all day. Yeah. Um, and so for us, we had to actually prepare for it to come. 
So that means Monday through Thursday, or really Sunday through Thursday, I'm doing all the things, catching up on all the things that would allow me to actually rest right. from Friday to Saturday right? and prepare for it. Think about if you were going to go on a vacation. You and Marla are going on another cruise. You don't just wake up on a Friday. And I'm say, ready. Got yeah. a passport. <laughs> ready to go. You may be ready, but you won't be packed. You won't oh, be prepared. Oh, there's that. You know? <laughs> You'll wake up and you're like, okay, let's go. And wait, I don't have this. And I, so you have to prepare for it. If yeah. you don't prepare, you will not have a successful Sabbath, just like you wouldn't have a successful vacation or a restful vacation. Mm-hmm. So those are two things that I kind of think about. How do we actually Sabbath and, and make it a good Sabbath? And and so I'll, I'll say this, too, about Sabbath being a tainer that we fill with better things. Maybe you have an irregular, like your job is has like irregular hours. Sure. And maybe for you, you just have to, instead of having the the big Sabbath, I would say the 24 hours, maybe you just have to have little Sabbaths along mm-hmm. the way. And especially if you have, uh, you know, Izzy, six months old, I mean, that that stage of your life and hers, it's demanding. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, she doesn't care if you're Sabbathing or not. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like that's she, very true. She is completely <laughs> unaware. Not on her radar. Um, so... So and I guess that does speak into the disruptions part too, but it's like sometimes you just have to have little Sabbaths too. It it just depends on what like really what's going on with you. Right. I think with Ashley, it's a great example with her being yeah. an accountant. You're over these couple months, your life has a completely different look than the rest of them. Yeah, it does. So your Sabbath rhythm may be a little different too. Right. I heard this quote, or actually read it in a book called Garden City, and you you quoted something from the book yesterday, um, but I love it because it says this, the Sabbath is a day to embrace this reality, to let it sink in, to own it, to celebrate it, to celebrate our weakness, our mortality, our limits, to celebrate our God of strength and immortality and limitless power, to rest with Him and rest in Him. Mm-hmm. And so when we stop, we allow ourselves to actually rest with God and to rest in Him, to mm-hmm. know that we're not in control, that the world doesn't stop because we've stopped, that the world, it actually keeps going, that it's mm-hmm. not dependent on us. So I heard this um, conversation from John Ortberg and Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about Dallas Willard before. John Ortberg calls Dallas Willard. And um, this was a short time after he moved to Chicago with his family, and he just needed some spiritual direction. He knew his life was just out of you know, it was at a crazy pace, and he wanted to know, you know, what what was the one thing he could do or the few things he could do to, mm-hmm. to really slow down. And so, you know, his rhythms were just had family and, and church and all these things that were going on. And so he calls Dallas Willard, and um, he says, what do I need to do to be spiritually healthy? And Dallas Willard responds with this this one quote. He says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And he wow. said there's a long pause. And he said, okay, I've written that down. And uh, he said, that's a good one. Now, what else is there? And Dallas Willard says, there is nothing else. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Wow. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Yeah. The slow down walk with Jesus. I I was reminded of a a quote from John Mark Comer, again, in, in the book Garden City. And he said this, he says, you can skip the Sabbath. It's not sin. It's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he says, well, you can eat concrete. It's not sin. It's just dumb. Yeah. And, and I say that a little tongue in cheek, but the reality is this. We have to be wise with our bodies. 
Mm-hmm. We have to be wise with the with the rhythm of our lives yeah. and just the rhythm that God has given us. Right. The six days where we can go out and we can just conquer the world, and on the seventh day that we can conquer self by stopping, knowing that it is a gift for us and that Sabbath is a container that we use um, to fill with better things. 